Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE, and today we are finishing up our technology month with a topic that many used to think was something out of a sci-fi film, but is now a reality, driverless vehicles. I speak with autonomous trucking company Embark, and I get a really in-depth look at the tech. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am here with Embark's Head of Business Development, Sam Abidi. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Hey, Real. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about autonomous trucking. I think it's a super exciting conversation. There's so much that we want to know, so many different intricacies that, that I'm excited to learn about. So I think uh, the first question I want to ask, just dive right into it. What would you say are some common misconceptions regarding autonomous trucking? Yeah, um, I'd say that probably autonomous trucking and even more generally uh, AV, there's this common misconception that it's going to just one day be there, um, like a iPhone product launch, uh, just you know tomorrow it'll be launched and everyone can get it. When in reality, it's going to likely come online over years uh, in different geographies. And so uh, it's better to maybe think about it a little bit more like 5G, where it might be in one city, but not in the other. Uh, but next year, it'll be in both. Uh, and, and so we actually do a lot of thinking at, at Embark around how that rollout should be sequenced. Uh, and I, I think once people kind of wrap their head around that way of, uh, of thinking about autonomous, it, it, it makes it a lot easier to digest how in the next couple of years, it, it could be bringing some real economic value in certain areas. And then over the long run, it'll slowly dissipate across the entire U.S. Right. So I I did a lot of uh, retail work before I came to the supply chain. I did a lot of um, luxury work with, with, you know, brands that are looking into autonomous like Tesla. Yeah. So I'm, I was always really interested to see how it's like, well, it's kind of here, but it's not like, you know, it exists, but it's not just going to be one day like, Oh, and here's the new iPhone. Like you said, like, it's just here. So, yes. I wanted to ask you how advanced has has autonomous trucking gotten? I know that there are levels, and um, last time I had done a report, I know that that autonomous driving was was at like a level three, I think. Where are we now? And can you kind of like just walk me through what the experience of of an autonomous truck would be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll start by saying it's it's been amazing to watch uh, the progress of the system. The way we think about it, we're developing a level four autonomous class eight truck that's meant to run on highway. Wow. Um, so before we get into necessarily where the progress is, it's, it's important to note that um, our model works with the driver out uh, and our model is focused on highway driving only. Uh, and that's what gets us the level four. So level five is the ability to run anywhere. Uh, level four is you constraining where you would run. Uh, and we've chosen highway because we think it's got a good uh, value 
to effort trade-off. Uh, it is easier uh, to run on the highway than it is to run in complex cities. Uh, it's still very difficult, but but easier than um, you know the varied environment that is any given city. Um, with, with that as kind of our constraint, when we think about progress, uh, there's a lot of people who've written about this. It, it's it's reasonably achievable uh, to get to 90%, where you know 90% of the time your truck uh, runs that lane and has no issues, and, and we do that all the time today. Um, what's harder is getting to 99, and then eventually uh, where you need to land, which is 99.9999% of the time with no issues. Uh, and so what we're doing right now is really working uh, on those last set of decimal points. Uh, and you get there by being able to handle all the odd edge cases that you'll run into when you're driving. So um, the things that you and I see when we drive on the highway uh, most every day, our, our truck can handle those. It's those really odd things like, um, you know, a, a trash bag of an unknown type blowing in the air in front of the truck or, um, you know, a pedestrian on the highway, th things that, you know, are truly out of the ordinary we're trying to increase the robustness of our system to be able to handle those types of edge cases. Uh, and that's kind of how we think how we think about getting the system from where it is today uh, to a state where we're you know, comfortable deploying it and think that it meets the safety criteria uh, that are needed to, be, to place it on the road. So as of right now, so there would be somebody in the, in the truck, uh, you know, a, a, a trained driver taking it to one level and until you get to the highway, then, then it can be autonomous and hands-off. Exactly. Now, I will say that today, it's important to note, every time our truck is on the road, there's a safety driver behind the wheel. They are at full attention. They've got their hands right there, ready to take over control if needed um, because it is just testing now and there's absolutely no reason to assume any level of risk. And so we, we uh, we adhere to a pretty strict uh, set of safety protocols to to make it that way right now. So right now, there's nothing actually. There's no goods being delivered this way. This is just all in the process of getting there. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that. So um, since about 2017, we've been we've been hauling for a number of of shippers, about a dozen actually, uh, Fortune 500 companies. The truck runs autonomous when it's doing that, um, and, and we've got to be able to, you know, dynamically handle all the different types of loads that they give us, but there is a safety driver behind the wheel for all of those. You know, we work with a number of Fortune 500 shippers across a lot of the important verticals, let's call it, um, for, for uh, transportation, so think uh, retailers think uh, cons consumer product good manufacturers think furniture manufacturers those types of companies um, where transportation makes up a, a meaningful portion of the total cost uh, th those folks are especially interested in in seeing what autonomous can do for them because I, I the only reason I brought that up is because I'm thinking about the back end of how the experience works and how you know across verticals how this is coming together how besides just your company how do you feel that the supply chain is tapping autonomous trucking right now like how is it actually being used yeah yeah so so right now it is mostly being used to actually test and figure out 
what the supply chain operating model should look like in the long term. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, is we have shippers who want to haul with us to essentially say, after we do a couple of hauls, what have we learned about everything from when our distribution centers are going to need to run? Uh, is it 24-7 now that the truck can show up anytime? Um, to where do our DCs need to be located? Is, is it really makes sense to move them highway adjacent? Uh, they also want to know which lanes are going to turn live first, second, and third, uh, so that they can begin planning to have that capacity run faster and potentially at a lower cost. And, and so a lot of the hauling today is done more for educational purposes than uh, necessarily creating economic value today. It's helping us plan for sizable economic value down the line. So with that, you know, planning and, and thinking about it, there's a lot of people who are still, you know, concerned about driverless technology and, you know, or just the supply chain and, you know, society in general becoming too reliant on tech, on technology. What, what do you say to people who feel that way? Yeah, it's a completely fair uh, perspective to hold. The, the, the way I think about it, um, or, or I'd ask others to think about it, is to think of autonomous trucks as a tool uh, for, the, for those different uh, supply chain parties. So it's a tool for carriers um, to essentially be able to run cargo faster. It's a tool for drivers uh, to be able to be home on the weekend and do the DRE runs instead of the long OTR runs that put them out at, a, at truck stops for the evening. It's a tool for shippers to get um, to get groceries there on time before spoilage occurs, and, and and so I think if you look at it less as this um, you know this tech taking over the existing supply chain and think of it as a tool that supply chain members can use to improve efficiency and and effectiveness of the supply chain, then I think it looks a lot less scary. Um, and I really think that that is how it'll end up being used. Um, you know, for hundreds of years, that's exactly how we've introduced uh, technologies. You know, computer came in in the 80s. It wasn't uh, necessarily to replace any people. It just gives you and I uh, you know, leverage in day-to-day -day operations uh, by having a laptop that we can do all sorts of uh, work on. Right, especially with a very prominent driver shortage that isn't going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'd be remiss to not, to not mention that. that this also helps, uh, you know, helps resolve that gap in a, in a very meaningful way. So in the event of a software failure, say let's it's down the road, we have autonomous fleets, you know, what happens if the software, you know, the AI that's running it does have some kind of down time where, you know, it's just not able to connect? What would the truck do? What's the what's the contingency plan? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we spend an immense amount of our time and engineering effort thinking through um, not only contingency plans and in, in kind of the planning sense, but also how to architect a system that is robust to, to essentially work through all sorts of contingency plans. So redundancy is at the heart of the design of the truck uh, from the ground up. So you can think, um, you know, actuators on the truck are redundant, um, compute is redundant, sensor coverage is redundant, software code is redundant. And so Essentially, what that buys you is the ability that anytime something goes down, it's not the critical link, and it essentially a lot. It essentially behaves as a warning. 
So anytime uh, since it's redundant, one thing goes down, we essentially judge that we're close enough to a failure state that we should just simply pull over to the side of the road. And that's exactly what the truck does. Uh, if it thinks it can safely get off the highway, it would. If it thinks it's just pulling over to the side of the road, then it does. Uh, and then uh, Embark or one of our partners would dispatch someone to actually go retrieve that truck uh, and make the repair, whatever it might be. It could have been a, you know, a sensor that had its uh, had its lens chipped by a rock that came off the ground. It could be um, a compute that was, you know, had, had a surge, a power surge problem. We don't know, but uh, regardless of what the issue is, the redundancy is essentially what, what provides us coverage. Wow, that's amazing. I was talking to a friend the other day about how I have an upcoming interview with, you know, autonomous trucking expert. And we were talking about that. We were like, does the truck just pull over? Does it know to pull over? So that's so exciting to hear that that's or interesting you know that it can just make that decision yeah no it's it, the truck is amazingly aware of its surroundings uh we, we often get asked the question what would what would happen if uh you know the truck was hit sometimes uh class eight trucks are are hit by passenger vehicles and the driver doesn't even notice uh, and keeps driving uh our, our truck has a whole suite of sensors that notice you know the smallest bump um and is able to essentially identify that as, as a collision and, and pull over if that were the case. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, I can't imagine driving a truck and being hit and not even um, knowing, but I have heard of this before because it is so big. And... Yeah. So when down the road, when, when we want to implement this and we want to implement these driverless fleets, the costs of buying the autonomous fleet versus hiring and training new drivers, what is the difference there? Yeah, so, so I definitely would say that that's, that's in flux uh, as far as what that difference is. But even in the worst case scenario, the, the payback period for buying the truck is, is relatively short. Uh, you know, call, call it a you know, sub one year. And the reason is because there's just a lot of savings generated um, from, from fuel efficiency and, and no need for, um, for a driver for the over the road component. And, and so it ends up being a significantly lower cost uh, to operate for a carrier than a, uh, than a normal truck. Mm -hmm. Wow, well, that's all the questions I have today. Well, actually I did ask our robotics expert this, so I feel like I have to ask you this too. What do you have planned in the event of a robotic takeover? What if the trucks decide to take over? What do you guys have planned? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I commented earlier about how we have lots of uh, contingency plans. Uh, that is one we have yet to put together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> same exact thing. <laughs> I guess in the case of, uh, of our truck in its current state, I'd, I'd stay off the highway. Uh, keeping from, our, from our, our truck's particular operating domain. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. And it was really exciting to learn about all this stuff. I'm, I'm so excited to see where we end up in the next you know decade or so. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next week, we start our Sustainability Month to celebrate Earth Day. 
So you can follow me on Twitter at Jekyll Brielle for more of what's happening in the supply chain space. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google Playlist apps so you never miss an episode.